After building the little house, Charles realizes he needs farm equipment. He makes a deal which becomes impossible to complete. Will he lose his cherished oxen? Let's dive into it and recap this episode of Little House in Half the Time. Although this is technically the very first episode, the pilot episode even, the movie Little House in the Prairie aired just six months earlier on March 30th, 1974. But this episode, which is Harvest of Friends, originally aired on September 11th, 1974. It is directed by Michael Landon. And the writers are listed as Blanche Annalis and John Hawkins. We open up in this episode with Laura's voiceover. If I had a remembrance book, I would surely write about the day we came to Plum Creek and first saw the house in the ground. We have Laura coming out of the Saudi with Jack, and it's just really just a perfect way to open this entire series. It gives us insight on the child who um, is clearly Laura Ingalls Wilder, and it just looks great. It looks and it feels right. Laura walks over and sees Lars and Charles in the distance um, up on the hill. I can remember Pa and Mr. Hansen and how they walked and looked and talked and how we wondered what they said. Luckily, we don't have to wonder because the camera is going to go up there and it's going to tell us exactly what they're talking about. Oh, you know, there is no hurry, Mr. Ingalls. If I were in your boots, I would think on it and sleep on it. Another thing about Mr. Hanson, my mind's made up. Yeah. I'll be in Walnut Grove tomorrow morning to sign the papers. Wonderful. Great news. In the background, we see the barn, which is clearly not built by Michael. Michael, I'm going to keep doing that. Um, by Charles Ingalls. And for some reason, I thought he did build it. But apparently, he did not build that, nor did he build the sodium. Let's see, we get a weird edit after they shake hands. Next time you watch it, just look for it. It's like right after. Charles goes over to his family and announces that uh, they're purchasing the property. Open your feet. We got a wagon to unload. We're home. We're home. And we get that. By the way, this is the very first episode that I'm recording of Little House in Half the Time. I hope you enjoy it. There's going to be a number of blurps, and hopefully I can actually get this done in half the time of an episode. We get another voiceover from Laura. Daybreak. Whoops. Pa left Plum Creek at daybreak and worked all day in Hanson's mill, earning lumber he needed to build us a house. Pet and Patty, our team horses, weren't big enough to pull the plow Pa needed to break the prairie sod. Though we were sorry to see them go, Pa swapped them to Mr. Hansen for a span of oxen. Strong enough, Pa said, to pull the state of Iowa 10 miles into Minnesota, if he could find a place to hitch them to. We're seeing these great, great, great shots of livestock and just the fields and everything just looks really, really great. We get the big reveal of the little house and Charles picks up Caroline, carries her into the house and it's a really sweet moment. We get the kids up in their room just talking about how much they love, love, love their loft. Here too. This is the best house we've ever had. Laura's about to go look out the window and she just loves the fact that she has a window and it reminded me of things that maybe we all take a little bit for granted and um, 
But Mary, Mary's just gonna rain on her parade a little bit. We have our own window, and we can see the stars. We're supposed to be sleeping when the stars are out. Good job, Mary. <laughs> Squash. So, let's see, Carrie makes her way up the stairs. It's kind of a cute little scene. Harry. You're not supposed to be up here. How'd she climb the ladder? Of course, Carrie's room is downstairs. And I just have the funniest screenshot that I need to steal. And we, um, yeah, we don't see Carrie upstairs too often. So I think that that's a really kind of an interesting addition to this entire... Uh, I, I guess she, when she's older, she moves up there. She must. We get um, the another iconic line coming up from Laura. Let me try it. Hey, that's pretty nice if I do say so myself. How do you like your room? It's wonderful. Yeah, and I've decided something. Uh, what's that, Halfway? Home is the nicest word there is. Ding, she did it. So we have Charles going into town, and she, he's going to pop into the mercantile. He's going to meet um, some really interesting mercantile owners, and uh, one of which he's never met before. Mr. Ingalls, good morning. Mr. Olson, how you doing? Uh, Mrs., this is the fellow I told you about I ran into over at Hanson's Mill. Ma'am? Oh, what can I do for you? Well, I'd like a plow and wheat seed, enough for 100 acres. I understand you're building a house out there. Got it all finished yesterday. Start breaking sod as soon as I get that plow. I, uh, I don't have any money right now. I'd like to pledge a share of my first crop. Uh, we do give credit to a few farmers that we've known for a long time, but... Only to a few. Uh, there is a reason. You see, we need the money uh, to buy the things we need to keep in business. Oh, I understand. Cash on a barrel. And that's the way I like to deal and will just as soon as I get that first crop to sell. Uh, Mr. Ingalls, do you know how many families move out here and plant their crops and run up more bills than they can hope to pay for and then skip out in the dead of night? Charles is not happy with the way that he's being spoken to by Harriet. Um, he storms out. I guess I can't blame him, but you kind of can't blame them either. You know, they are running a business after all, just my own opinion. While he's walking out, he's just wondering in very much Charles fashion, how am I going to find a solution to what I need? He goes to the feed and seed that is right next to it, owned by Liam O'Neill. And he sees that two of the items he needs, which is a harrow and a plow, are right there for the purchasing. He approaches him, tries to make a deal where he's going to repair part of the building in exchange. So Liam actually takes the deal. It's a hefty deal. And what Charles must do is he's supposed to stack, I don't know the amount, but like a ton of grain and repair the, the roof in three weeks. And in order to make this deal, Charles needed to put up his oxen as collateral. Now... I don't think you would be too surprised to learn that if he were to lose his oxen, really this would become a very much an impossible task to become a farmer. So he's really taking a risk. I think a lot of people might even say he's gambling with his entire livelihood. But nonetheless, um, he comes home and he gets a tongue lashing from Caroline. Don't worry about it. The house is all finished, except for a cupboard and a few shelves. Let's not worry about those. All right, so I work at O'Neill's for six hours. I work six hours at Hanson's. That's 12 hours. We get another shot here, which is something just um, to note the next time you watch it. 
where Caroline is sitting on the side that normally people don't sit at. So um, it's just, it's kind of weird to even get a shot like what we're looking at. It gives me plenty of time for the plowing and the rest of the chores. With going and coming and eating your lunch, it's more like 15 hours. Farm work on top of that, you won't have any time to rest. And he won't. He's going to exhaust himself, but that's what Charles Ingalls does well. We get some really great music throughout this episode. Next time you watch it, just just listen to it. So Charles goes in. We get a cute little shot of the family having breakfast and everybody's like having flapjacks. And Charles is like, gotta go. He takes a handful of pancakes and he's gone. It's cute. It's a good little, um, it's the beginning of many scenes that we get to see where the family is having either dinner or lunch or breakfast at a table. We're going to introduce another character here where Charles meets Doc Baker, who seems to be having some wagon issues. We can think of Charles as like AAA, I guess. Oh, Ingalls. I'm Doc Baker. We haven't met, but Hanson pointed you out to me. Ah, pleasure to meet you. A little rim trouble, huh? The whole wheel's falling apart. Well, I can wedge it for you for now. You can? Sure. I'd be in your debt. <laughs> well, that's a good person to have in your debt. He fixes the wheel and he exchanges um, the debt, I guess, for a ride into town. Um, Charles already has a pretty good reputation. We get a nice line from Doc about him. Hanson told me you were a good man to have around. Mill work, building your own house. He told me you're going to start repairing O'Neill's shack. Yeah, word gets around fast. In a town the size of Walnut Grove, quicker than scat. Very good. So, let's see. We get um, some great visual shots of Charles working his butt off, um, stacking seed, fixing the roof, doing all types of stuff, but... And he's sweating, but he just really plays it off really well as uh, somebody who just loves, loves, loves hard work. Doc comes around and gives um, some chickens to Ingalls because apparently people are paying doctors in chickens. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about that, maybe not learn so much more, but if um, you, you want to see another instance where doctors get paid with things like chickens, you should check out my other podcast, which is Dr. Quincast which is about Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. But yeah, so Charles is going back and forth, taking sips, taking this and that. And um, we get a great dynamic between Hanson and Doc. They're just constantly arguing that whose watch is more accurate, which is a cute thing to pay attention to the next time you put this episode on. We get a voiceover from Laura talking about how, how hard her father works. <laughs> In my remembrance book, I put down how Pa used every minute of daylight and a lot of the dark. He said he was counting the days till he could stay home and just work the farm. The rest of us only counted the days till Sunday, the Lord's Day, when Pa took us all to church. So we see Charles getting ready for church, and we see Caroline go to, I guess, maybe get him. He's laying down in the bed and he's passed out. And personally, I think Caroline did the right thing, saying, look, you're tired. 
you work your butt off. It's only three weeks. So she goes to church without her husband. And who notices? I'm going to let you guess. As I look out on our congregation, I must say I'm distressed. Now I see many familiar faces, but I also see the absence of many others. I see many wives here without their husbands. I think it would be great if Carrie had a little line where she whispers to Caroline, are they talking about Pa? I'm sure if they had lost a loved one during the week, I'd have heard about it. Now we're all of us sinners, some to a lesser degree than others, but nonetheless sinners. It's a little heavy, in my opinion, and he even decided to have them sing a particular song just for this occasion. It is only by going to church and asking the Lord's forgiveness that we may be cleansed of our sins. Think upon that as we sing our closing hymn. Come, sinner, come. Mary's like, do I have to sing this? All right, you get the idea. So the family heads home and Caroline sees her eyes are burning. She what she sees. She's furious and it's a great scene. And this music is incredible. Charles Ingalls! Carolyn! He's just waving like a dope. Hey, how are you? How was church? Hey, you're back already, huh? Earlier than expected, obviously. Well, what are you talking about? You couldn't stay awake to go to church, and here you are working. Oh, now, Carolyn, I woke up and you were gone. I just couldn't sit around the house doing nothing. Charles, the Lord's Day is set aside for worship and for rest. Carolyn, I got a field to plow. Now, God isn't going to plow it for me. That is sacrilegious. Well, to you, maybe, but not to God. He understands farmers. Ah! And she is seething. She's absolutely seething. So, um, probably that night, I would say, they're laying in bed. Charles is very sorry about skipping church, and they decide to make some popcorn instead of being mad. It's not church I'm worried about. It's you. You're working much too hard. The worst part of it's over. It's just a little while now. Come on, bear with me. Huh? Time spent being angry with you is such a waste. Poppy pop pop pop. So we, I think we can all agree that Charles Ingalls is the hardest working man in Walnut Grove. I don't know. I don't know anybody who would question this. We get some more visuals of Charles working really hard. He's eating his sandwiches when he gets a chance, takes his breaks. He's just constantly working. He runs to Hanson, who blew the whistle. Ingalls! Yeah? I've been looking at your timesheet, the days and hours that you work, and your lumber bill. Today, at quitting time, I owe you half a dollar. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's, he's really paying off his debts. Um, or... They're not really debts, I guess, because he, he has made the agreement that he'll work there while paying for the lumber. So that's pretty good. 
He also gets a deal to come back part-time, which is just excellent. Charles is happy. He's really happy. He's coming home. He feels very accomplished. Well, I am home. That's what it is. And I'm starving. Woman, get my supper while I wash up. What is that song he's singing? If anybody knows. So he's kind of wondering where the girls are. The house is really, really quiet. And what we're going to get a little bit of a... Um, an inkling to, because he's going to realize that he's been a little bit of a, a curmudgeon. So he goes and in his best way, apologizes to everyone by saying that they're going to go and go on a wonderful picnic and they're going to have a great time. We get a shot of them on the picnic and it's really cute. We get a shot of Carrie falling because she's pretty good at falling. So they're flying a kite Kite in um, total Mark fashion gets stuck in a tree. I get it! I get it! So it's really a visual scene. He climbs up the tree and he falls. And he's broken some serious ribs. We get the, our first shot of Laura during our first run into town. Tell him Paul needs Dr. Baker and a wagon. Hurry! She really whipped Mary right there with her pigtail, which is kind of funny. So Doc is lecturing Charles that he's got to take it, take it a little bit easier. Carolyn has taken a step forward and said that she's going to work prepping the land. And we get this like amazing shot of her doing just that. So even though Carolyn is working the farm, Caroline, Carolyn, she still is doing her regular job, just like Charles, I guess, was doing. And she's really showing that um, she's quite tired, too, but she's bringing Charles' food in bed. You're looking better. I'm feeling better. That soup smells good. Can I ask you a favor? Hmm. I don't want you to go out and do any plowing anymore. We've already talked that out. No, I talked, but you didn't listen. The field has to be harrowed before it can be planted. Now, God isn't going to do it. Cornbread's done, Ma. Come in, dear. That isn't sacrilegious. You said it. If God understands farmers, he understands farmers' wives. Good comeback, Carolyn. I think she's a badass character here. Like, I think it's really, really great how strong she is. And I'm going to guess that uh, farmer's wives even now are probably pretty strong people. Or, or un very understanding of how they're like weightlifters or something like that. Carolyn's out there working the next day. And O'Neill shows up because apparently the deadline is today to have the job done. Or he has to come and confiscate the oxen. Which is just a, a crazy, crazy thing. Liam O'Neill, your, your husband contracted to do uh, some work for him. Yes, how are you? Uh, troubled, ma'am. Uh, your husband left a sight of work undone. Well, he was hurt. Dr. Baker told him to stay in bed. Uh, yes, I, I'm sorry that I am to hear that, but that has nothing to do with the matter at hand. He shows him the paperwork, which 
says that if it's not done by midnight tonight, the oxen essentially become his. A deal is a deal. I'm sorry. Tells Charles, Carolyn tells Charles, he freaks out and he's like, I'm going into town. And he's just, he's in a lot of pain. He has to walk those couple miles into town. Doc is hanging out with the blacksmith. Uh, apparently, um, the blacksmith also gets paid in chickens. It's a, a trend that's going on in this town. Half my customers have been paying me with chickens. I never thought of that. Well, look who's here. And the music is so... Um, ominous. Ingalls, I thought you said he was going to be in bed for a while. That's where he should be. So he, he goes right up to O'Neill, asks for an extension. O'Neill is not budging. The bottom line is what needs to be done is the seed needs to be stacked. Charles is in really a lot of pain, but O'Neill's not budging. O'Neill also makes one kind of wisecrack saying, I was by your property, and the reason why I took it a little bit earlier is um, to save you the trouble, because I knew that you wouldn't be able to complete it. Charles goes, and he starts stacking the seed. And this is the music that gets played. It's painful to watch. He's sweating through his shirt. He's in a lot of pain. He's just, you know, not the strong and um, powerful Charles that we've uh, come to love. Mary and Laura followed him into town, and they are just watching from a distance. They come to his aid, and this is where you just start kind of getting the chills with this episode. You know you're watching something really special when this particular scene, you know, opens up this way. Charles climbs to the top. Right before they come in, actually, he's stacking and stacking and stacking, and he collapses. You got to imagine he just did so much more damage to himself. Come on, we'll do it. So yeah, get ready to cry in this scene because it's just really, really great. These two little girls pulling these, I don't even know, maybe they're 80 pound sacks. I'm not really sure. And they're trying to stack it. It's just, um, if you watch this and you're not crying, you know, just watch it again. You'll eventually start. The whole town is watching on. The blacksmith, Doc, everyone, they just kind of come over slowly. O'Neill sees them all coming over and they form an assembly line. And we just, we really just watch them do what needs to be done, which is really great. Mary and Laura aren't even helping anymore. I guess they just thought, oh, we'll just let these people, they don't need our help. Sure looks heavy. Charles gets the oxen in the next uh, scene. He comes back with the oxen. Like, he's like, I told you I could do it. Go slowly now, Ingalls. It's the way the oxen like it. Right, thanks to all of you. Oh. Hanson's going to make a deal with Charles, which is just so sweet. And this is, it's just an incredible thing. And it's just like typical, awesome, Wannacrove people. It does good to sweat a little. I just wish there was some way I could repay you, something like that. Uh, yeah, there, uh, there is something. Um, 
We've been thinking of uh, holding a plowing and harrowing contest at the church on Sunday, and uh, it would be a favor to us if uh, we could use your land. So a harrowing and plowing contest, which is pretty awesome. Thank you, Warner Grove people. We get another little moment where um, Doc and Hanson are comparing watches. Uh-huh. You're still three minutes early. Are we going to some good music? So Carolyn's running up and she uh, sees that he's coming back with the kids and the oxen. No groceries, though. That's all right. And we get another voiceover to complete the episode. That was our happiest homecoming ever. Pa said he was glad we'd come to live on the banks of Plump Creek. Because here, he'd harvested a crop he didn't know he'd planted. A harvest of friends. Thank you for listening to this episode. I know it's a little bumpy. But at the same time, I appreciate you taking the time to check it out. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, tell your friends. And I'm going to be doing these chronologically. Doing a complete watch through of Little House in the Prairie for the first time in 100 years. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. And that's it. Until next time. Um, be good. <laughs>